Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where super modifieds are king, methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 50 of the Inside Groove podcast. Uh, There's something about that number, isn't there? Uh, We finally reached a milestone here. We've done 50 of these, Um, and I suppose I should probably at this point, first of all, tell you who I am in case you're brand new and haven't heard one of these before. My name is Tom Baker, and... This week's episode, a little bit different because um, we do have Camden Proud coming up later on to give us an Oswego update. Uh, We also, of course, do have, uh, we actually have two feature interviews, one of them uh, just really a race recap interview or a winter view with Mike McVetta. Uh, after the Indy Summer National Super Modified portion last week. We'll have that for you here in a bit. Uh, the feature interview is Bobby Santos, and a good chance to spend some time with Bobby as he was uh, traveling home from the race shop um, where he spent all day working on uh, the sprint cars and such. So uh, we have those things coming up. But I thought this would be an opportunity before I get into uh what's going on or what went on with the indie summer nationals um we've we've had a lot of new uh people that have started to listen to this show over the last uh couple of months and so i thought it would be interesting just to refresh uh for those people kind of how this show got to be came to be um so for those of you who are somewhat new to the groove um The Inside Groove podcast was actually born out of my original Inside Groove radio show that I started um, back in 19, I think it was 90 or 91, um, on Star 105.5 FM and uh, 1440 AM WSGO in Oswego, New York, the home of the Supermodifieds. And the show back then didn't exclusively cover Oswego Speedway. It kind of, it was just a motorsport show, but it heavily focused on Oswego and Fulton and Brewerton and all the tracks and series up there. And it was just really, um, honestly, I started in in the sport as a writer for the Oswego Palladium Times. And uh, that was all the way back in 1988. So it's been... um, 30 almost 33 years uh since i started and quite honestly i love writing and in fact i'm i'm kind of jonesing to do some more because i haven't done very much at all lately uh in terms of journalistic writing i've done pr for a couple of drivers that i'm kind of white labeling uh, helping out or whatever but uh, just project based you, you might call it but um I haven't done any uh, really long-form writing in quite a while, and I'm kind of jonesing to do some of that again as soon as I can get it into my schedule to do it. But um, as much as I, I guess because I did so much of it for so long, um, I sort of got to a point where the writing for me kind of became tedious, and it became a bit of a chore. Um, And so I felt 
at some point I needed a break from it. Whereas the radio, from the time I've started doing it, all the way through to this moment doing this podcast, and I'm now doing five radio shows or five shows per week. Um, three of them are uh, three of them are live shows that end up becoming podcasts on demand, if you will, once they're over. And then we have the Inside Groove podcast, which does now cover basically exclusively Supermodifieds. Once in a while, we talk about something else. But for the most part, it's a Supermodified podcast, and that's the way I designed it when I brought it back. But um, And then we also have the Mainly Modifieds podcast that I do with Kyle Souza, who's a protege of mine. And uh, that focuses on Modifieds, NASCAR-style Modifieds, the, the Wheel and Tour, the, the other tours in New England. And we cover a lot of the other series that race in New England as well. So it's not... It's not all modifieds, but as the title says, it is mainly modifieds. Um, and so uh, the radio for me just has never gotten old. I, I really enjoy conversation. I love just sitting and talking to people and listening to people and telling stories about people and letting people tell their stories uh, in interview format, I I just love that, and it's it if it's never gotten old, and if anything, it's the opposite. Uh, my desire to do that sort of thing in this sort of format has really only increased over the years to the point where, again, doing five shows a week for me, it's. I mean, I will admit, if I if I had a little bigger talent group to pull from, um, then it would be easy for me to sort of check out of a couple of the shows just just to give myself some additional space and and and, and uh, to you know for variety for the brand as well, the Race Chaser brand. But um, but I don't mind doing the five shows; they're all a little bit different. We've kind of gotten them now to where each one focuses on a bit of a different. Um, part of the sport uh the monday night show that we do live called league lap that's my solo show um besides this which i consider camden proud my co-host and is in as much as he can be here for a lot of the the show um he he is but uh it's it's hard to um to to really have a true co-host when you're not doing it live and you know we're in two different parts of the country so uh this ends up being a bit of a solo show too, but um, this is more of my golf game. This is what I do for fun because I love talking about super modifieds. But Lee Lap on Monday nights focuses on racing in the Carolinas and around the Carolinas for the most part. But again, um, if we we try to obviously hit the big news from the weekend, so there's a little bit of NASCAR or IndyCar or whatever. But it's mostly a a, a local and regional show for this area where, where I'm in. Um, in uh, in the Carolinas, around the Charlotte area, Charlotte Lake Norman, um, and and really uh, the regional touring series that kind of dip into Virginia, Tennessee, all of that. Uh, that that's at seven o'clock on Monday nights, and now the live shows, all of them, can be heard live on my Race Chaser Online website. Go to racechaseronline.com or racechasermedia.com. They both work. Both get you to the same place. And if you scroll down on the on the homepage, there's it, it says shows. Now we're going to change that. But 
it it you'll see a a, a button that, or uh, you'll see where it says shows and you'll see the the schedule of shows the lineup of shows scheduled for the week and then you'll see a a, a player that you can click and it starts playing all of the live shows that we do uh, the one on Monday night that I'm talking about now we lap the Tuesday morning live show which is the inside pass that's a basically a, a there's Randy Miller and myself and we basically go back and forth about the issues of the day and that could take us almost anywhere in the sport but it ends up being a lot of NASCAR just because that's kind of Randy's preference and um, we usually have a, a, a featured guest and it's always fun because Randy is a really great host and a good friend of mine and uh, so that's a fun show at 11 a.m. Eastern on Tuesdays for an hour um, and then on Thursday nights, Motorsports Madness is our flagship show. And that show is syndicated worldwide. It gets replayed on the weekends through syndication to American Forces Radio, to Sirius XM. We're on channel 211, the Dan Patrick channel. Uh, I think it's at 7 o'clock on Saturday nights. Um, we got about 33 affiliates, AMFM affiliates across the country in different markets. That show... Right now, we're averaging um, about 1.2, 1.3 million listeners a week on that show. That's a big show. Um, and that's where our entire talent crew comes together. Jacob Seelman, myself, Randy Miller, um, James Mellick usually produces us. Uh, everything, everybody kind of in the, in the group comes together for that show on Thursday nights. And that's a two-hour show. The Monday night show is a two-hour show. Tuesday's an hour. And then we have the two podcasts I just told you about. So, again, if you're new to this show and you're new to me and you're new to the brand, Race Chaser brand, um, it's easy to, to get all five of the shows. All you got to do is if you have a particular platform that you get music on, like Spotify or podcasts or whatever, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever it is, search Race Chaser Radio. That's it. Just go search Race Chaser Radio, and uh, I don't know if they – some some have you subscribe, some it's follow or like or whatever it is. Just hit whatever button uh, lets you sort of follow us or like us or subscribe to us on, on that platform, and then you'll always know when new programming is being put up. Um, so my, my background at this point or my current uh, week is mostly radio. And so bringing this show back, which uh, was something that I've been wanting to do for a while, was really born out of the fact that I wanted to start to go back to my childhood in the 70s uh, and then through the 80s, 90s, and start to interview and give an opportunity to the legends, what I call the legends of supermodified racing, the pillars uh, of super modified racing, um, the opportunity to to tell their story basically because not all of them are going to get a book written about them or whatever. And and with Oswego not publishing the Eagle program anymore, and really not, I mean, you know, that there's not a lot of original content being generated other than PR and and updates from the Speedway at this point. Um, I wanted to kind of filled that gap a little bit. But I also wanted to remember the the drivers and the people and the 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 folks who made the growth of the speedway what it was. And so again, if you're new, that that was my motive. So this show 
most often you will find that we're talking to somebody from back in the day. We also mix in current day, uh, and um, it's it's kind of a it, it frustrates me sometimes because I would like to put more time into this, but you know, again, you you have to you got to do what makes you the money, and uh, so right now um, I'm doing this as much for fun as anything, but I, I do have a few sponsors that have been with me um, for most of the year. Um, Jeff West and the folks from IPC and the Indie Performance Composites have been with me since the beginning, as uh, has Sean Cathcart and his staff at Skip's Fish Fry in Oswego. Uh want to thank both of those gentlemen and their groups for their continued support. Uh, and again, it isn't so much about supporting my show. It's supporting my show so I can put the time into bringing you more of the content that we all enjoy. I mean, I, I go back and listen to these shows because I love I, I want to go back as a fan and hear the interview after I've done it. Because when you're doing it, a lot of times you're kind of focused on conducting the interview and, and you, you don't pick up on every little thing until you go back and hear it when you can just sit and listen to it as, as a fan would. Um, and, um, and, and it's just, uh, it's amazing. Honestly, it's a great time for me. Um, and I just love doing it. Uh, if anybody does, I, I really need to thank, uh, Rich Worth, first of all, and JNS paving for, uh, for sponsoring the show as well. Um, if anybody would like to, to be a part of the show and get your, your message out to the, uh, the audience, um, there are really a couple of different opportunities to do that. And all you need to do is just reach out to me directly. And we can talk about that because we, we certainly would like to have, um, some additional sponsors here, additional advertisers. Um, but, uh, also if there's anybody listening that whose, whose business is big enough that it kind of extends beyond the central New York, um, area that, you know, you want to market beyond that. Um, you know, we can package together um, a multitude of shows or all of the shows um, and, and help you out that way, too. So I'm not just looking for donations here. I, w- I want to be able to help you to grow your business. Um, and, and I want to if you're doing something that's relevant to super modified racing, then I want to put you out there so you know, you can benefit from it and more people can know about you and, and, um, and work with you. So enough on that. Um, but I wanted, I just wanted for, for those new to the audience, I felt it was the right time to, uh, kind of refresh and go through the background and how I got to where I am. And, um, a whole lot of people have, uh, have helped me and, and, uh, you know, we just hope that you enjoy uh, what you're hearing each week, and uh, if you get a chance to listen to the other shows, hope you enjoy those as well. The Motorsports Madness show, especially because that show, um, it, the, the camaraderie between those of us who host it is is always funny and entertaining, I think. Um, we have a great time with it, and you get to meet some of the, not only some of the the nicest young racing talent that's coming up through the ranks, but also you get to meet some different talent and different voices and, and people from different forms of racing. Cause it isn't by any means just NASCAR. We, uh, we, we do a lot of dirt track stuff. Uh, and 
uh, sprint car stuff and open wheel stuff on that show because Jacob lives in that world a lot of the time is the uh, um, proprietor of uh, SprintCarMidget.com, which is a part of the Speed Sport Group, media group. And um, so, in fact, we're trying to get uh, Cody Swanson for next week's Motorsports Madness. Um, that would be uh, this next coming Thursday night. Cody was the one that uh, put on an amazing show with Bobby Santos, who you'll hear from in a few minutes on this show, in the uh, Mussy Racing Sprint Car uh, show. That was that was one of the best battles I think I'll see all year, honestly, anywhere uh, for, for a win. They went back and forth for about 15 laps, slide jobbing, swapping the lead, inches apart, side by side, um, until Cody finally, uh, in the last three or four laps, got away from him. But it was just an amazing uh, and an emotional win for Cody, too, because uh, his owner, Gene Nolan, had passed away um, just a few months ago. And so uh, it was it was a great win. He had the V6 in the car. Um, and, boy, you really had to – he really had to drive that thing to, to beat Bobby Santos out. And so that was a lot of fun, and that gives me a chance to kind of segue into uh, my weekend – out in Indianapolis this past uh, weekend for the Indy Summer Nationals. And, and, and I first want to say to all of you who are listening to this show, you heard from Michael Moore a couple of weeks ago. Mike Moore is the promoter of the Indy Summer Nationals. This was the first show of this type that Mike has ever tried to promote. And I had the chance to meet Mike while I was out there and had the chance to meet his son, Max, as well, who is 19 and um, uh, studying uh, for ministry, which is awesome. Um, just a super young man. And Mike and Max both just worked their tails off all weekend long. Um, it was, they did a great job. Uh, I talked to a few people in the pit area, um, didn't hear a single complaint, honestly. Um, in terms of the way the show was run or whatever, I, I, there may have been, but I, I wasn't aware of them, but it was, um, it was a very, for a first attempt, especially, it was a phenomenal presentation. I thought, um, he did a great job of making sure that people were where they needed to be and all of that, uh, especially on race day. I thought everything went extremely well on race day. Uh, between he and the folks from Mussy Racing and the folks from Midwest Compact. And um, there were a lot of moving parts there. Um, and, and the folks from the track as well. And, of course, Mike had action on the oval and action on the drag strip that, that that's behind. For those of you who haven't been to LOR, which is Indianapolis Raceway Park, Lucas Oil Raceway now, um, it's behind. The drag strip is actually behind the front stretch grandstand. Um, so there was action going on at both facilities all weekend long. And um, I don't, I mean, it. I was disappointed in the super modified turnout, especially, um, but it. it's just, it's a tough situation right now. Uh, would have hoped for at least a few more cars, but had 14, um, and a few guys had issues early, unfortunately, in the weekend or early in the day on race day and couldn't start the feature. But um, it was, I thought, everybody that came out worked their tails off. It was a lot of fun. Um, Mike McVetta just had, he just had a rocket. I mean, he, he got into a little jingle in the heat and did some damage, but they, uh, they got it 
straightened as best they could for the feature. Didn't get it all the way there. But um, it was certainly enough because he just he's took off and nobody was going to run with him. Bobby Santos got behind early, as you'll hear him talk about. But then at the end, I thought he had the speed, but he just didn't get the caution to actually have a chance to be close enough to Mike to take a shot at him for the win. Um, so he ended up third. But um, I, I was I was disappointed with that. I was I was um, a little disappointed with um the 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 turnout of of the supers but honestly other than than that situation which again it's this is just a screwed up year um you know i thought it was a great show i mean the compacts put on some great racing it was fun to watch them honestly some of them are much nicer than you would expect <laughs> um than what i was expecting anyway uh they're they're very serious about their racing in that series uh, and I hope they, they come to a Swiggo Classic weekend. I hope they get, you know, they can pull 25, 30 cars. We'd have a great show. Um, but they'll be, they're scheduled to still be in town. They put on a great show. The Mussy Racing Sprint Cars put on an absolutely phenomenal show at about 26 of them, non-winged, which I thought made it way better. Um, and, uh, you know, they they had s- s- some of the best open-wheel drivers in the country for that one um russ gamester and gosh i could go through the list um just some amazing talent there um led by at the end cody swanson and santos so that was awesome um and again it was it i thought that the weekend overall was was great um you know everybody seemed to have a good time uh I'm looking forward to next year, I hope i mean I was disappointed with the we didn't have the crowd in the grandstand i hope the uh the pay-per-view did okay. I didn't um, see definitive numbers on that, but um, it was certainly a tremendous uh, weekend. And that facility, I hope that somehow we can get a classic-sized field of supers to that facility because they will put on an amazing show uh and I I really feel like if if we can get together for 2021 and get everybody in all the promoters, track promoter, uh, Oswego's guys, uh, Isma, uh, MSS, um, get everybody together and get get dates and get get situated to where that race, the Sandusky Classic, the Star Classic, the Oswego Classic, at minimum, maybe the the fall final. Um, the fall brawl that IRP has, but you get at least those four as classic type races with a separate set of points. And, um, you know, and, and it gives the guys something extra to run for. And hopefully, you know, because it certainly wasn't the purse, the purse was, was as good as any purse could be, um, that you would expect for a one day show. And especially at only 30 laps and you would not want to go, 75 or 100 laps on that track it's just too long um maybe 40 i know that mike would consider more laps if he thought it would bring more cars um but i'm not sure the number of laps really was the difference here i i i will i will hope that it was more um the the virus and and all of these the restrictions and silly things that are being done politically right now in certain areas that that kind of kept people from making the trip because um, 
that really had the chance to be a huge race, and I think it can grow into that. Mike has very good ambition of, of that, and there are other tracks in that region that want the Supers. And so I want to congratulate Mike and Lori and Dave May and all the folks from Midwest Super Series and the folks from Midwest Compact and uh, Jim Hanks and his team, Brent Seelman, um, for from Mussey for a great weekend. It was it was hot, uh, but it was a fun weekend and had a great time. And uh, I've got still got pictures I haven't shared yet. I promise I'll I'll get them out there. Uh, just haven't had time this week to sit and work on them at all. Uh, we'll try to do some of that over the weekend. And it, right now we're kind of um, stalled again for racing on track. So um, I'll try to to scatter some over the next uh, week or so just to keep uh, keep interesting stuff coming out. But uh, had had a chance to get a fair fairly decent number of pictures. Uh, and again, on this show, we've got a small interview, post-race interview with Mike McVetta. You're going to hear also from uh, Bobby Santos is a little bit of a longer feature. Um, forgot how long that was, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, and then Camden Proud going to be on the show next week. We are planning to have a longer interview with Mike McVetta. Um, and uh, we'll have him as one of the feature interviews and uh, working on a second one as well. So uh, some cool things coming up on the groove, and hopefully in the next 30 days or so, I know we've got uh, Midwest Racing again at Sandusky on the 4th of July, and then the High Miler Classic coming up at the end of the month, and um, hopefully beyond that, maybe in the, you know, as we get going here, we can get a Swiggo and Isma back in action too. So, um, wow, 26 minutes. I, I talk way too much, so I'm going to shut up, and we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, um, we're going to hear from uh, Bobby Santos. Uh, actually, first I'll play uh, the, the interview with McVetta. So we'll hear from Mike McVetta on the other side of the break, and then Bobby Santos as well. More of Inside Groove coming up right after this. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses, no problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Okay, in the uh, pit area with Mike McVetta after a, a surprisingly dominating performance. In tonight's 30-lap Midwest Super Modified Series feature here at Lucas Oil Raceway, Mike, first of all, congratulations. And how in the world did you end up with a race car that, at least from my point up top, looked like it was so picture perfect? I, I have no idea. Um, these guys give me such a great race car. We had a little squabble in a heat race. Um, it's still pretty bent up. Uh, I didn't know what to expect in the feature, but, man, she was just point, on point. Talk about the heat race, because uh, I know you had some sort of a problem with the car in the heat, and I kind of wondered what was going on there, but it seemed like you were okay for the race. 
Yeah, we got uh, we got in a little little squabble with another car uh, when a yellow came out. I mean, it's tough here. Uh, you're just going so fast um, to get woed up. And I, I guess I saw it coming and he didn't. So I woed up sooner than him. Uh, we bent up some stuff, but um, that looks like we got her back together pretty decent. Boy, I guess so. And uh, all of this after setting a series record with an 18-2 in uh, practice. That was pretty, uh, or in qualifying, I should say, that was pretty amazing, man. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this. There's something about this car at this racetrack that that just clicks. Um, I mean, I'm just a monkey behind the wheel. I mean, this thing will go anywhere I point it, um, and it's it's been that way. This is the third time we've been here, and it's been that way every time. Um, I, I just hats off to my guys for for giving me such a great piece. Okay, so where do we go from here? I know that uh, you guys have a race at Sandusky coming up. Talk about uh, what the rest of your season looks like, and a- as importantly, um, are we going to see you at a Swiggo Speedway at all? Um, yeah, we're definitely going to finish off all the MSS stuff with both cars. Uh, we had we had great plans to go to Oswego. Uh, unfortunately, with the COVID stuff, our sponsorship has uh, really taken a huge hit. Uh, yeah. So our our hopes and dreams are going to Oswego. I mean, we'll see. I mean, if we keep having a year like this, I think we'll be there. Um, you know, we were we were hoping to run pretty much the month of August up there. Oh, wow. To prepare for the classic. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the year goes and, and go from there. Well, we would certainly look forward to having you up at the uh, Fast Five Ace of a Mile. But in the meantime, I know you can't do any of this by yourself. So you got to give some shout-outs to everybody who's helped you put this together. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, perfection Fabricators, Dave Ennis. I mean, that guy, anything I need, he handles. Uh, just such a great guy and company. Um, Morris Auto Service, uh, you know he's here with us tonight, um, you know, just busting tail, getting this thing fixed after our, our crash in the heat. Um, lubrication Supply got us a deal on some engine oil, and man, that, that thing held up just fine uh, through the whole feature. Uh, we can't thank them enough, and uh, you know, Gary's Body Shop keeps these things looking sweet. Mike McVilla picks up the win. Uh, in tonight's 30-lap feature event at Lucas Oil Raceway for the Midwest Super Modified Series as part of the Indy Summer Nationals Night of Racing. Midwest Compacts are on the track now, so uh, we'll end this early, and we'll look forward to having Mike on an Inside Groove show to talk more with him real soon. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we get uh, started with another feature interview. And this time it is going to be a fun one. We've got Bobby Santos uh, on the Strutmasters.com guest line right now. And uh, Bobby, of course, um, has been, well, I consider Bobby perhaps the best open-wheel driver in the country, and if he's not the best, he's certainly one of the very best. He would stand on the podium, let's put it like that. Uh, Bobby and uh, Cody Swanson got hooked up in a battle at IRP last week that just absolutely was off the charts in the Musty Racing Sprint Car Division, and Bobby had a nice comeback for a podium finish in the Super Modifieds as well. Um, so, uh, I, I'm getting some background noise there, Bobby. I don't know if uh, I'm on the speaker. Maybe you got a window open there, but uh, I know Bobby is driving, so uh, we're trying to give you the best quality we can. But um, 
Bobby, first of all, welcome to the groove. It is great to have you on the show um, and really looking forward to talking with you. First of all, let's talk about the most recent uh, uh, action first. Uh, Lucas Oil Raceway this past weekend, you put on a show in both divisions. Um, talk a little bit about uh, what that night was like for you and a, and a little bit about what running that track is like because it just seems like from a driver's standpoint it would be a bad fast really enjoyable track to run yeah absolutely uh i love going to irp it's definitely one of one of my favorite racetracks um you know it was a it was a busy night between going back and forth between the sprint car and the and the super modified but um you know i had two uh two good teams that I was driving for and two prepared race cars, which, which always makes those situations a lot easier when you're driving for good teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Uh, talk a little bit about, uh, the super modified first, uh, of course, running for Jeff West, who is, uh, the main sponsor of this, uh, this podcast and, uh, great to see you guys out there. Um, talk about running, that particular event and then talk about what the future uh has in store for you with jeff for the remainder of the year um yeah i mean that was awesome and it's awesome to work with jeff uh you know him and his guys at ipc jimmy uh his boys that whole team uh built a beautiful race car and i just feel feel lucky that they're letting me drive it and run some races with them um we're uh you know kind of gonna hit and miss what, what we can do with the with the wing and, and Oswego when, uh, when we can get up there and run up there when hopefully things open up, um, you know, just got a top notch car that, that we can, you know, run multiple different places that, that I think we got a shot at winning every time we go racing with. Well, you definitely, uh, you were fast last year, classic weekend, but, uh, things didn't quite pan out, uh, during the race, but, I know you've you've obviously run there a bunch of times. I, you know, I've been going there since '73, and I remember the first time that you came there. Um, I think you were still a teenager back then, like 15 or 16 or 17, somewhere in there. Um, and and you've been fast there every time you've raced there, no matter what car you were driving, um, super modified, it didn't matter. You've been fast there. Well, this is about a swiggo and it seems like the bigger tracks that you seem to, uh, seems like those bigger tracks just fit your driving style. You know, I, I, I guess I tend to like the bigger racetracks. Um, Oswego, uh, got to go there when I was 16 for the first time to run the Oswego classic. It was, it was, uh, quite the the undertaking as a young kid never even uh you know raced there before to go up for that classic weekend but kind of got me hooked and and wanting to go back to hopefully win the thing one of these days i've been been close a couple times and i've driven a lot of good cars up there and uh you know just have a great opportunity now with jeff running up there and and gonna gonna get that classic one of these days when you say you've been close, uh, boy, have you been close. <laughs> I don't think any of us that have been around very long uh, at Oswego Speedway will ever forget the year you and Greg Furlong ended up um, crashing uh, on the last lap coming to the checkers and Greg getting the win. And, of course, uh, now, at least uh, for certain events, it looks like you're going to be teammates with Jeff. Uh, kind of funny how that how the world works sometimes but um you know we certainly do remember those runs and 
Uh, you seem to, like I said, you just seem to take to the bigger tracks for sure. Um, you come from, obviously, a, a racing family. For those who aren't, you know, real familiar, we have a lot of younger uh, fans in the audience here. For those who aren't real familiar, talk about um, your family in general and, and the, the racing background and heritage that uh, that you come from. Yeah, I was definitely lucky to grow up in a racing family. Uh, you know, my grandfather was a modified racer in the Northeast, um, and then he kind of, you know, passed that down to, you know, my, my dad never uh, never really got to race a ton himself, but he was obviously around it his entire life. And, and when my dad was finally in the position to, to afford to race himself a little bit, he, uh, he kind of quit to allow my sister and myself to race, so... Um, you know, my dad kind of did a lot of, a lot of the work of it and, and, uh, you know, taught, taught me and my sister, everything we kind of know about it and still to this day helps me with my racing. So, um, you know, just, just grew up in it and, and started racing quarter midgets and my dad had me in a go-kart at a young age and started racing quarter midgets at four years old. And, and, uh, you know, it's all I've ever, ever really evolved my life around, honestly. And, um, still enjoying it to this point and have a, you know, get to get to work on race cars for a living. So, um, just, just lucky to, to be around the sport my entire life. Talk a little bit about that because, uh, I know that you're driving home from work now. I think folks would, would love to, uh, to know more about the kind of work on the cars that you do for a living. Talk about all of that. Yeah, um, I mean, I work for, for the sprint car team that I drive for, DJ Racing. I, I work in the shop full-time. Um, my job's to, you know, prepare those cars and, and get them to the racetrack. You know, essentially everything from from building the car at the shop to getting the truck and the trailer to the track to to making the decisions at the track, then driving them. So, um, you know, start to finish, I'm involved in, in just about every aspect of what you know, DJ racing does, um, which I love it and enjoy it. I feel that, uh, that you know, being able to work on them and understand them, you know, helps you as a driver and, uh, just, just thankful that I can, you know, really do something I enjoy for a living right now. How did that all come about for you, uh, to, to, to work with that team? Um, I know we've we've obviously seen you in a lot of different equipment over the years. How did this situation come up? And then um, as an addendum to that, talk about um, what it's like to go racing with Mussy Racing because I, I just think that's one of the best groups going. And um, talk a little bit about uh, kind of how your team and you got together and then uh, deciding to go and, and race with those guys. Um, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm lucky that, Growing up, my dad taught me the importance of working on a race car as much as it is driving it. And, um, you know, about 2000, end of 2014, 2015, uh, Dick, um, who owns DJ Racing, was looking for a new driver and a mechanic at the same time. Oh, wow. Um, and it just so happened that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, him and I talked and I had to, you know, he, I kind of fit what he was looking for. Um, and it just, uh, it worked out and, you know, I've been lucky enough to be driving with him, uh, driving for him now for a handful of years here. Um, so I guess my, you know, my background of, of knowing how to work on the cars and drive them, um, 
worked out to what he was looking for. So he was looking for a driver and a mechanic, and you basically uh, just said, well, look, uh, I-, I can do that job. And he said, which one? And you said, both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, uh, pretty much know, it essentially worked out that way. So, um, like I said, uh, I'm just lucky that I had the background and the, yeah. the teaching to, to understand the race cars and, and work on them. So talk about musty racing for a little bit in, in your decision to go race with those guys because, um, I mean, I think Jim Hanks does an amazing job. Him and his staff just do an incredible job of, of putting on a show. And, um, I mean, a, a show like we saw at Lucas Oil Raceway last weekend, of course, that, you know, th- those sort of battles don't come along every day, unfortunately. But, boy, you and Cody just, that was a knockdown drag out. And um, it was, I-, I can tell you, just as a fan sitting there watching it, uh, that that was one of the best uh, battles I've seen in a long, long time on the racetrack. And it was uh, the perfect time for it, too, because, um, you know, that was a, a great track to, to do it at. Talk about must-see a little bit. And what other racing besides the must-see racing series are you planning to do this year? We know about your plans with Jeff. What else, uh, maybe with a sprint car or other cars, do you have going? Yeah, um, I mean, we've been running, you know, since I started driving for Dick, we've we've run as much of the must-see schedule as, as fits with what we're doing. And right. um, it was pretty exciting uh, to get the combination of, you know, must-see to get the non-wing deal. And, yes. And IRP together was 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 a pretty good concept and, and uh, you know, put on a good show. Um, but, you know, all uh, sprint car racing in general is what, uh, you know, the pavement, you know, crown sprint car racing in general is what we're, what we do. Um, you know, whether it's a must-see race, an auto value race, king of the wing race, or a USAC race, or, uh, you know, coming up here, IRP and track enterprises are getting together to promote a race on July 3rd. Um, you know, we're, we're happy to go to, to all of them or, or any of them that we can go to. Um, you know, we just want, uh, you know, we just want to race our sprint cars and, and race with good fields of cars for decent money. Well, you've certainly been able to do that. Uh, now last year we saw you jump into a modified for a little while. What are your plans, uh, to do more of that this year? Are there any plans for you? I know obviously the modified's another division. I mean, really everything, uh, short track wise being affected, uh, still by COVID, but, um, you know, in general, what, what would be your plan to run uh, a modified this year, if any at all? Yeah, the the kind of craziness in the world right now has kind of affected uh, what races I originally had planned and scheduled. Um, but I'm sure I'll definitely be getting in a modified at some point here later in the year. I got, uh, you know, last year, the last two years, you know, last handful of years, I've driven for a couple of good teams there between the Tineo team. And yeah. last year I drove for uh, Dave Sapien yes, in the 36 yep. car and had a couple great opportunities with those guys. and won some big races and definitely would like to be able to, to put together some more races for this year. Just uh, with everything that's going on, it's kind of hard to say exactly what we're going to do. Seems like, uh, I mean, I was, I was going to ask you the question, which type of car do you enjoy the most? But it almost seems like the answer I would get from you is I enjoy whatever I'm in at the moment. Cause I love them all, but I'm going to throw the question out there anyway. Uh, do you have a favorite? Um, I mean, I always say whatever I'm winning in at the time. Oh, yeah. you know, I, 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 winning I matters. Um, and there, there's certain things about certain cars that I enjoy. Like, uh, 
um, loudened and modified is something I, I truly, truly love and enjoy. Um, one of my favorite types of racing, unfortunately, we don't get to do anymore, is race the uh, race the USAC midgets on the miles. That used to be probably my favorite type of racing. And, I can only imagine. Um, unfortunately, we haven't done that in probably 10-plus years. So, um, I mean, whatever, honestly, if I'm having success, I'm, I'm having fun. What uh, is there a a type of car or is there a race a particular race that you haven't ever run that you would really like to run what's what's on your bucket list um i mean i'd love to run the indy 500 someday i have a feeling uh, you're gonna say that that's definitely a, a race that i feel that i could do well at and and be good at but uh unfortunately it's it's probably not in my budget <laughs> Well, you never know what comes along, uh, but the, you know the one thing that that and look, I, I'm I guess I I can say I'm fortunate enough that I love all kinds of racing and really um, I mean the supers will always be my first love because that's what I grew up watching. But um, but when it when it comes to the Indy one Indy five hundred, one of the things that that gnaws at me is how much of an emphasis that series is putting on road courses now but i think um that you're starting to see that that nut crack again a little bit um you know to where there there are teams that are open to pulling somebody from the open wheel ranks for that particular race so who knows man maybe at some point uh you'll get a shot to go run it and i definitely think that uh that would be right up your alley if you ever had the chance to do it yeah i mean i I certainly would think so, um, but uh, I guess time will tell. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what is your sister doing now? We don't uh, don't hear too much about her. Is she? Uh, maybe I just don't hear too much about her. She's still racing. No, she. It's been it's been a few years. I thought so. Um, she's got uh, she's got two kids now, and her husband's actually a modified racer. So, she, oh, uh, between you know his racing and taking care of the two kids and. And being a nurse and ethicist herself, she's she's got her hands full. So it's been uh, it's been a little bit since she's raced herself. I thought that was the case, but I wasn't sure. I try to keep up with what's going on up there, and uh, just haven't uh, heard too much about her lately. And then when you mentioned it, I thought, gee, I wonder if she's still running. Um, well, so it looks like uh, at least for the most part, again, uh, you know, virus notwithstanding, you're going to be splitting your time between the sprint car and. Uh, Jeff's super wherever you guys can get together to to race that and then maybe some modified appearances at some point if uh, if you can find something good to drive is that kind of the 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 is that where you're at yeah um, we have a USAC silver crown car that hopefully we get to run some this year depending ah. on schedule um, you know we have uh, sprint cars that hopefully will run wing and non-wing um, you know wherever available and then obviously Jeff Super and, and some NASCAR modified stuff that hopefully can work out here. Um, you know, that's what it was originally planned for 2020, and um, hopefully we can still get a little bit of little bit of each of it in uh, as the year goes here. Do you prefer wing or non-wing sprint car action if you if you're given the choice? Um, you know, I I kind of come more from the non-wing side of it, so. Personally, I like the non-wing better, um, um, but I've I've kind of been the wing stuff's hard. Uh, it, it's just different, and um, definitely has been a learning curve with that. But 
I feel like as of the last year or so, I've I've started to get better at it and the hang of it. Um, but uh, you know, my my background is non-wing racing, and I personally believe that um, you know it's more um, car handling and and driver related to go fast in a non-wing car. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I think it, it's harder uh, personally. Um, and with that being said, I think it's easier on the equipment. I don't think you need a monster motor. I don't. I think it's hard, not as hard on the drive line and all the parts and pieces. So, um, personally, I have a little more love for the non-wing racing. But racing's racing, and we're going to go wherever there's races. Oh, of course. Well, I I just wondered about that. I definitely think that uh, the non-wing show that I saw over the weekend at Lucas Oil, I, I would love to see more of that. Honestly, out of uh, uh, out of must see and, and and more of that in general because I agree with you. I think it's it becomes more about driver and setup, and I just think the racing is is that much better. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's been. I, I mean, look, it was great to uh, it was great to see you run over the weekend, and and honestly, uh, again, great runs in both cars. It kind of looked like you had. I mean, I wasn't running a watch on either of you, but it looked like you might have had more enough speed to at least. Take a shot at McVetta toward the end there in the super race had you had a caution to do that, but uh, just didn't materialize for you. Yeah, I kind of got behind at the beginning of the race, and uh, and uh, it was a short enough race that we just never really recovered. Um, you know, we had a on the long run of that race, we actually, you know, had a good car and was That's pretty racy. Um, but you know, they they say you can't win them on the starts, but I guess you can lose them on the starts when you get behind. Yeah, well, and and again, you know, in a situation with the size of the the, the field, and um, you get kind of spread out on that track, and then you go a long distance with no caution, you can be running the same or faster speeds, but you just don't have time to catch up in a shorter distance event like that. So, but it was still a great run and and an awful a uh, lot of fun to watch you coming uh, up through the field. Um, I know that nobody can do this by themselves, so I don't want to let you go here without giving you an opportunity to give some shout-outs to uh, the folks who help you put all your racing together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have, uh, uh, first of all, you know, great car owners between between Dick and Jeff with the Super, and then, uh, you know, when I do the modified, uh, you know, Dave Sapiens I ran for, um, but, uh, you know, the, a lot of the little, you know, my parents flying out from the East coast, to to always help and make sure that, um, you know, my tires are good and all that stuff. Um, but then, uh, you know, Indy metal, uh, Willwood brakes, Brown and Miller racing solutions, uh, advanced shocks, Simpson race products, uh, got a lot of good people that, that definitely helped me and, and hopefully I'm not forgetting too many people, but uh, <laughs> obviously Christy and Christy and Julian, they, they come to all the races and um, just everybody that, uh, that puts in a lot of effort. It's, it's a lot of work, you know, from a lot of people that, uh, that make it all happen. Where can fans follow you if they want to keep up with uh, what's going on with Bobby Santos? Um, um, my wife runs our Facebook page. We uh, have that. Um, and, uh, and fans got to get out and get to the racetrack. That's where you can follow people. And, you know, forget about the social media crap. Get out and watch. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's not always possible to uh, to go across the country to watch uh, some of the races <laughs> yeah. you run. So the social media is a great way for people to keep up with you that uh, aren't able to make those trips. But um, I think, do you have a Twitter as well or an, uh, uh, an Instagram or no? 
Um, honestly, I'm not even sure. My Christy handles all that. Oh, um, okay. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I I don't do a very. That's probably why I'm not further along in my racing than I am, is because I'm not good at that stuff. <laughs> well, um, you definitely uh, can make a car go fast. That's for sure. So I guess if you those listening, if you want to follow Bobby, just uh, do a search for Bobby Santos on uh, whatever social media platform you're on. Uh, I know he has a Facebook. Pretty sure he has a Twitter as well, uh, but I'm not. I uh, can't remember right off the top what it is. Uh, but thank you to uh, to Bobby. I appreciate you taking some time um, to talk with us here on the Groove, and uh, love to get back together with you again. Maybe as we get closer to perhaps uh, an appearance at Oswego for you um, a little bit uh, down the road, and we wish you all the best with uh, all the racing that you're doing. Thank you. No, I appreciate you having me on your show, and. Uh... Hopefully we can see you at the racetrack. Look forward to it. That is Bobby Santos. More of Inside Groove coming up right after this. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. Welcome back to Inside Groove. We continue with this week's podcast and uh, time for an update on what's going on with the Oswego Speedway, the ISBA Tour, and uh, matters involving such uh, entities. We've got Camden Proud with us now. Uh, Camden, of course, the 2019 Super Modified Rookie of the Year at Oswego, also the PR uh, Director for the Speedway. And Camden, um, boy, uh, we, 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 we got some news yesterday that none of us wanted. Uh, July 4th not happening. What can you tell us at this point about the current situation and when uh, we may actually be seeing a race at the Oswego Speedway. Have we any clue yet at all? Not really any clue yet, unfortunately. It's just a, a really, really disappointing situation. We were all completely confident that we would be racing July 4th with fans, and um, honestly, it took us all by surprise when we got word back from our officials that we would not be able to go, and uh, at that point, we didn't receive too much clarity on a timetable it's still not very clear but what we do know is that the executive order uh for racetracks here in new york state running with fans has has uh, continued to july 21st so it looks like we're going to lose another two shows at least before we can get open unless something drastically changes with the order okay so july 21st as of right now uh, so where would that put you? Let's see, the 4, 11, 18. So July 25th, in theory, um, as of right now, would be the first potential opening date uh, that that we know of right now. Is that right? Yeah, uh, but we won't even race that day. It'll be August 1st because that's high miler weekend. So That's correct. Yes, okay, you're right. Um, okay, so yeah, so now you've lost... So we've lost the month of July, which is definitely not good news, um, which puts us into August. Um, boy, uh, you know, it's one of those situations at this point, isn't it, where um, you, you um, I mean, up to now, if you could have opened on the 4th, it wouldn't have been 
the worst thing. You would have still been no. able to put, you know, eight races or so, seven, eight races together um, prior to the Classic. Now it, it looks like the um, first weekend in August would be the first date, and now you get maybe three shows before the the classic and then the question becomes if we continue the order longer i mean it um you know at what point do you start looking and saying gosh i don't know uh so i I mean um at this point as far as you know uh everything from august forward for the moment is still intact by the schedule and they're still planning to do all of those shows uh, or race on all of those days and the classic weekend, everything is still intact for now, right? Correct. Yes. And actually next week is the 11th and the 18th as well. We're going to keep following up, even though there's uh, an executive order in place, we're going to do what we can. And, and uh, I mean, it doesn't look very good, obviously with that order right now, but uh, just hoping for a miracle, hoping something changes and, We'll hold out as long as we can. Uh, I got out of a meeting this morning, and the guys up there have, have worked so hard. The, the track looks great. They've done a lot of maintenance this week, which is really good. That's great. Yeah, I saw uh, the just pictures. really, really anticipated opening. I think we were, again, all very taken back. So uh, John is frustrated beyond belief, and I think he just wants to, to see racing back on the track, and, and he'll hold out as long as he can. Well, and and that's obviously that's what you would hope for, right? From him, you want you want him to to remain, uh, you want him to fight basically for for whatever we could get. That's that's good. Um, and I'm sitting here thinking too, as we're talking now, do we know when the new uh, end date for the border situation is? Um, is that well into the fall, or is that because I I was thinking July. 30th somewhere or 31st i saw something somewhere but now i'm not sure uh yeah i think they they said the end of july uh is the plan right now i've also seen reports that they're saying it could run until the end of the year so that would be awful uh but but who knows Uh, i guess it's good for logan and and the canadian guys or they're not going to be missing any races since they can't get across the border but it's just Terrible. I was terrible situation. trying to take the optimist point of view that maybe somehow this works out better because if you if you get the border to reopen at the end of July and you get you know the the track to be able to reopen uh, you know the first of August or whatever um, now you you know you have access to all the Canadian fans and and drivers and such um, you know maybe there's a silver lining here but I guess we'll just have to wait and see that's. It's just so frustrating, and I can tell you that, um, you know, as as much as I know, uh, you know, John would look at me and go, I don't care about all those other areas, <laughs> but but it, you're not the only, obviously, um, this this whole situation is, I mean, it it's, it, the tracks are running down here, and I don't know how they're doing it, because they're not putting fans in, so um, I, I have no idea how these tracks are, are making it work from a financial standpoint, but some of them are open, Um and but there's you know there's issues all over the place obviously new england and and you know even pennsylvania still um you know and and other uh parts of the country as well still it's you know unfortunately uh i don't i don't know i mean it, the hard part is know. is that you look at it and sort of shake your head and go well gosh it 
shouldn't seem like it would have to be this way. Um, why is somebody keeping it like this? Uh, you know, the politics of it is, is I think, what really is frustrating a lot of people at this point. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I, again, there's not much you can do about that. And that's what, that's where the frustration comes in. Okay. Um, what about the Isma tour? I mean, where, um, where are they at? I mean, obviously the high milers coming up. I know there's a race. Uh, the MSS series um, has a race uh, at at uh, Sandusky next. Yeah, next weekend, Fourth yep. yep. of July. Um, where where does the Isma tour fall in in terms of Isma shows at this point? Because they've got to be even almost in a worse position than. Um, <laughs> You know, than anybody, because they deal with several states and Canada. Canada is such a big part of that tour with so many cars and teams and people. Um, What do we know about Isma at this point? Yeah, uh, you know, the high miler, I think it's it's going to happen. Um, Actually, it's all good for Sandusky next week with with MSS. Obviously, reached out to those guys, and I followed up with a couple of the Isma people this week, and it looks good for the, the high miler to go on with fans, but the problem, like you said, is we have, oh, you know, five, six, a good chunk of Canadian teams, yeah. at least at least four that would probably go to that race, and that's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the, the crowd. It, it's going to hurt the crowd at a struggle all year, and um, I I don't know what they'll do. They're saying right now it's it's on. I, I hope that they don't find it's, it's going to be this big losing proposition where, you know, something would happen with that race. I don't think so, but uh, you never know at this point. It's just – a really, really difficult situation. You don't want to put yourself in a position to, to take a huge loss financially either. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's, uh, and of course, like you said with Isma, I mean, you, you figure the Lichties, it, it, it is often at least two cars and sometimes three, and then you got Samet, you got uh, Morton McKnight. Um, yep. I mean, there's four to five right there without anyone else. Um, so it's it's just, uh, man, I'm you know, and 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 they keep moving the goalposts. That's the frustrating part. But um, you know, we we just uh, have to try to keep our heads up and soldier on, I guess. Uh, but we so we're looking at uh, per, perhaps and hopefully the beginning of August for a Swigo, um, which I will say. I mean, I guess you know this. If you want to try to find some sense of of something positive it certainly will make the month of august pretty spectacular because you're not going to get a whole lot of track time before the classic like you normally would so um you know you kind of get that run up you know to to classic weekend um and uh i think that would you know again if you're only going to have three or four shows everybody's going to be loaded for bear in those three or four shows. Right. So it changes, it just changes the whole kind of atmosphere and the way people drive and, and you know, who, who gets it dialed in the fastest. Uh, I mean, you just kind of look ahead and say, well, maybe we, maybe at least to be some intrigue, if we could just get it going, it kind of makes it, you know, a special four week period where, you know, maybe it isn't always quite that way. You know what I'm saying? Because right. we've had all those races before it. Uh, you know, um, any talk of a change in the schedule um, for what you would present in August, or hasn't it gotten that far? Well, we've talked about it, especially if we lose the next two weeks. Yeah. Uh, honestly, what August would look like is uh, an opening day show. Yeah. 
the Jim Champagne Memorial, Mr. Super Modified, and Championship Night. So it would the hits would just keep coming. But, yeah, you see what I'm saying? Um, I mean, that could be. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like if you, I, I'm just trying to find some reason to to say something that's positive out of this. Um, you know, otherwise I start cussing. I don't want to do that. Um, but uh, you know, that would be a. I mean, that's that's four huge shows of the classic. You know, I mean, right, like yeah. that's a. If you know, so um, you know, is and then you you get ready for Super Dirt Week if that's going to happen. Um, so it's it's just um, you you just look for whatever nugget you can grab onto, I guess. Now, um, on a bit of a lighter side, not so much for the fans, but at least for the teams, um, the practice days are going to continue. Yes. Yeah, they will. Okay. So so the practices are you have two. I think scheduled for this coming weekend, Friday and Saturday. Is that right? Yeah, uh, we actually added another tomorrow morning, so we have oh. three now: four to eight tonight, ten to two in the morning, and four to eight tomorrow night. Okay, okay. Um, and so at least there's that, and then you have. I think you have a couple. Of, do you have? Uh, you have at least Friday, right? Next week. Are you going to yep. put in a Saturday one now that there's no race? I don't know, just because it's the Fourth of July. I know uh. we're going to race on Fourth of July anyway, but. Uh, they're they're talking about taking that one off, but if there's if people want to, I think we're going to open up. Okay, well, um, that'll be interesting. Uh, well, uh, I guess that's that's what we that's what we know, and we whether we like it or not, uh, that's the situation that exists. And of course, the best thing we can do is just hope that something changes for the positive in the next couple of weeks. Uh, what else do we need to cover as far as? Uh, we have any news other than that? Uh, new registrations, new drivers, new rumors. Uh, what else? What else have we missed here before we let you go? Because I know you got a busy day today. Yeah, uh, no, no big news. We've got uh, a couple more registrations. We had one from from Mike Ketty in the three fifties, and oh, um, he's another New England guy, and okay. it's, uh, it's starting to look good, really, with all the registrations we've had. Uh, we had Scott Davis. I, I believe he bought a former Cameron Black car. That's another SBS rookie, so oh, that'll good. be rookie number seven. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's uh, it's really shaping up to be a good deal when we do get started. And uh, I'm I'm honestly most excited about the SBS and the 350s because what's what's going on there is just fantastic with with the growth we're seeing, uh, albeit slowly with the 350s and. The SBS have just taken off tremendously this year. Uh, the the improvement from last year to this year with this crate motor deal is is excellent, and I can't wait to see the the racing that these rookies produce. Yeah, it seems like uh, we could be over twenty cars easily a week with that division again, right? Right. Yeah, I think I I think twenty weekly is, yeah. is certainly a possibility. Yeah. Um. So that that should be good and. You know, here again, you you get uh, you know the other part of this is if you can get open in the beginning of August and and uh, you get kind of the unlimited grandstand and hopefully um, you know whereas a lot of people would have to sort of uh, manage their money throughout the season, you know you've only got four shows, so maybe everybody right exactly. <laughs> Whose car alarm. did you just break into? Somebody's in the parking lot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> guess they're a little early you, for Fast Friday. You broke into somebody's car. Uh, well, that's uh, let them in, and uh, let's get cars on the track. <laughs> I, I wish all, all these four people, they want to park in the lot and listen today. I saw somebody wrote they're driving from Syracuse just to hear cars. So. Really? Wow. <laughs> it just stinks. It's 
you know, we're going to have cars on the track all weekend. So I guess at least people that are around home can, can hear the roar. See, you need to see it. I'm telling you, you need, you need a camera. You need or a, a big uh, TV screen outside of the main gate. That's what you need. It, let, let people watch <laughs> you know it from parking lot. I mean, that's, you know, drive-in uh, kind of thing. But um, all right, bud. Well, I, I mean, look, it's um, – you, 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 I mean, sometimes you just get crap cards. Uh, and, uh, I, you that's know, that's kind of when you're playing poker. Sometimes you just get a crap hand and you got to deal with it um, and try to make it win the best you can. But uh, at least we're going to get some practice and um, – you know, it, it, it seems like hopefully uh, if everything goes according to plan, at least up there, um, I don't know about our situation down here. I'm starting to wonder. But um, up there, it seems like maybe uh, we could see something going on in the beginning of August, and that would still give us a solid month in the Classic. And, and you just sort of, you know, put everything to bed and, and start working toward next year when hopefully all of this is behind us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, something's better than nothing. I'm just yep. – it just kills me that we're sitting here, you know, at the end of June, and we're already talking about August. We're yeah. going to potentially lose a whole another month. It's just yep. unbelievable. I, I can't believe it. It's just a shame, but <clears throat> we're all going through it. The whole world's going through it. And, yep. uh, you know, if we were, we had CNY Central, News Channel 9, up today doing some on-camera stuff, and, no. and we, we talked to them. And, and, again, it's the biggest priority as much as we want to go racing is just having the fans and, in our community be safe and, and welcoming them back when the time is right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Well, Camden, I'm going to let you get back to uh, your day. Cause I know you've got a full schedule today and uh, appreciate you taking some time to talk to us uh, on the groove. And of course we'll uh, chat with you next week and uh, hopefully, you know, please dear Lord, give us some, some hope here. Give us some good news to, to, to talk about anyway. So I hope so. Sounds good. And uh, we'll keep everybody posted on those test sessions this weekend. Perfect. We'll be looking for it. That is uh, Camden Proud, and we'll be back to wrap up this week's Groove right after this. Hi, Grandma. Can Nina come over for dinner? Sure. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! If anyone ever does, I want you to say, no, I have too much respect for my family, and I don't want to get in trouble. I promise, Grandma. They really do hear you. For tips on what to say, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we uh, get ready to wrap this special 50th edition of the the new, if you will, Inside Groove podcast. Uh, wrap this 50th edition up and um, certainly thank you to all of you who have... Uh, stuck with us through the first 50 shows and uh who speak so enthusiastically about what we're doing we definitely appreciate that um and again thanks to all of our sponsors um skips fish fry sean cathcart and his staff uh, of course uh best fish in the city of oswego in my opinion and i would say that even if he didn't sponsor the show um, I just think it's simply the best. You get uh, the biggest portion, the best uh, for value for your buck, and it always is delicious and um, just uh, a great place to go and eat. So uh, also thank you to Rich Worth and the folks from JNS Paving. Can't wait to see them 
I can't wait to see everybody at the racetrack for crying out loud, but oh my gosh, the amount of cars that the <laughs> Rich Worth and his group um, have uh, put together for this year, uh, man, got to give all everybody credit. I don't want to even start naming names. I'll forget somebody that I wouldn't want to. So um, you know who you are. If you're a part of that deal, you get credit. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's amazing what he's doing, not to mention sponsoring the um 350 super class this year so uh hopefully we can get some races in uh and he can um he will be able to uh, get his due at the track and uh hopefully all the guys uh in that stable do well this year uh and also of course thanks to jeff west and the folks from ipc indy uh could not do this without westy for sure so uh thanks to all of you and that's uh that's gonna wrap it up for me i i this has been a great show um just really appreciated the time to talk to bobby santos I I think Bobby is one of the most talented racers in the entire country in any form of the sport, and he's a great guy as well. Uh, and so I'm um, excited to see where his career can take him. I would love nothing better than to see that young man strapped into an Indy car for the 501 year. And boy, if I ever, if there was ever any way I could make that happen, I would do it in a heartbeat. He's just uh, he's an outstanding talent. Um, and uh, appreciate Mike McVetta's time. He's going to be our featured guest, or at least one of them, for next week's show. Uh, so, again, hope that you all have a great weekend, a safe weekend. I wish we had better news from Oswego, but, hey, um, we still get a chance to have a good, solid month if we can just get it open in August, put some fans in there, and have a good, solid month of racing for this year and um, hopefully end on a high note with the Classic and then start looking forward to a much better 2021 but i hope you all remain safe and uh just have a terrific weekend and a great week next week and we'll look forward to talking with you again on inside groove 51 coming up in a week's time until then for cam and bobby and mike mcveta i'm tom baker thanks for joining us for this show we appreciate it so long you've been listening to inside groove powered by ipc indy creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.